Come, and you will see. Last week, I took a bus, Father Anthony and I took a busload of students to St. Louis for a national college conference. It was interesting on the way back, we, the students had a chance to kind of get on the microphone and the bus and just share a little bit about what God had done in their lives. And it was interesting to me and, and beautiful that there were, there were several students who shared that, you know, leading up to the conference, I had second thoughts. I was like, maybe I want to spend more time with my family or I don't really know or I don't really have that many friends they are going on this trip. I don't know. But by the end... Every single one of them had experienced the Lord in some way. Whether that was just feeling peace, feeling connection, feeling part of the body of Christ, and knowing that that was exactly where they're supposed to be. Our readings today give us images of people who responded to the call from God. And they were able, because of their response, they were able to see the Lord. In our first reading, Samuel is already, he's in the temple, which is not a bad place to be if you want to encounter the Lord. But he's sleeping, and, and the Lord calls him. And it kind of alludes to this, but what gets his response to come is he knows that he's being called, that, that God is speaking to him in a very particular, unique way. In a sense, he's, he's calling him by name. And so Samuel knows, I'm being called, but he's not really sure what to do with it. And there's a little detail here that's interesting, because it says that God had not yet, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. So he doesn't essentially recognize the Lord's call yet, because the Lord hasn't revealed it yet. What does that mean? God is the one who chooses when and how to reveal himself to us. But God wants to reveal himself to us. That God calls and he invites us to come and respond. And, and he's calling and inviting us to respond because he wants to reveal himself to us. But it, it's a small detail because it's why, you know, like, well, I went to the chapel, but nothing happened. And it's like, well, that's good that you put yourself there. But God chooses when and how he reveals in his perfect time. But what's beautiful is God continues to call Samuel. That, that for you and I, God doesn't just call once. And if we missed it, you know, I missed that opportunity, that thing I think he wanted me to do, I didn't do, and I, I blew it. It's like, it's okay. God is going to continue to call God never tires of calling us in a very particular way, in a way that we can hear and respond. And he keeps calling because he wants to reveal himself. And Samuel eventually is able to have clarity, kind of for two things. One is he, he's seeking out a mentor, Eli, kind of the priest that's there. He's, he's seeking a mentor to help him understand the Lord's voice. That that's why it's so helpful to, I don't know, not necessarily maybe have a spiritual director, but, but learn from other people who know the Lord, who can help us learn how to recognize his voice. That, that it's, again, not just trying to figure it all out, but there's, there's people that can help us. 
And through his perseverance, eventually, the, the Lord does make it clear. And, and Samuel's like, okay, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That, that through his perseverance over time, he's able to hear the Lord's voice. And so if we don't hear the Lord's voice the first time, the second time, the 80th time, you know, we go to the chapel and pray, it's okay. That the Lord's going to keep calling and our job is to keep responding and, and in God's timing and in God's manner, he's going to reveal himself. Guaranteed. It's, it, he's the God who wants to reveal himself. But I think sometimes I can get a little tired of responding. I did it that one time and it didn't work, so why should I try again? But that's who God is. He's going, to keep, he's going to keep leading us through that desire. And he wants to fulfill and reveal how he wants to fulfill those desires. Yesterday, I was on an engaged couples retreat. I was helping with it up at the parish. And there's about 15 couples there. And I just, I just observed something. And maybe this is even for your own encouragement. That I had some of the, I'm, I'm available for confession during the day or if people want to come talk. And after the fourth couple had come to see me, I'm like, this is fascinating that all four couples who came to talk to me, that one of them wasn't Catholic, but was seeking to become Catholic. They were also, several of them were, um, had seeking, were seeking annulments, had prior marriage bonds, but, but those bonds weren't really solid. That, um, anyways, so, but it just, it was fascinating to me that here are these people who are seeking happiness. But, but the happiness they're finding is in a person. Not the person they're marrying, but the person of Jesus Christ who is leading them to his church. That through this person they were dating, that it led them on a journey as they're seeking happiness, that that journey ultimately is leading them to communion with Christ in his body, the church. And, and how God, God gave us all desires that would lead us to the ultimate fulfillment of our desires in him, happiness. And I'll even say to engage couples sometimes, it's kind of a trick question, I'll tell you ahead of time. So is, I'll say, do you need the other person to be happy? Like, do you, do you need that person in your life for you to be happy? And they, they squirm a little bit, and they're like, ah, I mean, I don't want to say no, because I don't want to insult them or something. But in the end, a lot of them are like, you know, actually, no, because I was happy before this person, and I could be happy without this person in my life. It's just, my life is better. They're like the sprinkles on top, you know? They're not the cupcake, but they're like the sprinkles, you know? Like, I'm like, that's a good way to think about it. But the, the cupcake, the, the, thing that, the thing that matters, the thing that's important, is the Lord. Like, I need the Lord to be happy. I don't, I don't even need, sometimes I think I need oxygen and I need food, but there's going to be a day when I don't need food or oxygen, but I'm still going to need the Lord. And so all of our human desires, even our desire for communion, our desire for relations, our sexual desire, our desire for food, all those things are, are meant to ultimately lead us to God, the fulfillment of desire. And so we see this as Jesus walks by John and his disciples. So John has disciples. They're people following him because they're looking for God. They're looking for happiness. And so Jesus walks by and John says, Behold the Lamb of God. 
Like, that's the one you're looking for. This, your journey led you here for a time, but that's the fulfillment of your journey, him. And so they, they, they start following Jesus, and Jesus looks at them and says, what are you looking for? Jesus knows the answer, but he's, he's trying to cull up the desire in their hearts of like, what is it they're looking for? What, if, what am I looking for? What, what are we looking for? Where, do we, where are we hoping to find happiness? And what does he say? Well, come and you will see. That you can't find happiness on the sidelines. That it, that it takes getting into the game. It takes responding. I think there's, there's other students that they, they may, you know, as they talk to people who went to the St. Louis conference or whatever, they'll be like, dang, that sounds really awesome. I kind of wish I had gone. And it's like, God knew that that was going to play out that way. It's okay. But you, you can't get the benefits of increased faith and peace and community from the sidelines. Now, God's going to keep calling. There's going to be more invitations, more opportunities for all of us, even the people who went, you know, that, that we could keep going. But he has a plan to give us that happiness. And so what's cool is when Peter, and then we hear, okay, so then it says that one of the two was Andrew, who then goes to get Simon Peter. And so Simon Peter is brought to Jesus. What does that tell us? It tells us that Simon Peter is also looking for God. We're all looking for God. We're all looking for happiness. And Simon Peter's willing to step out and encounter Jesus. And what does Jesus say to him? You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas or Cephas. What does that mean? It means that while John, I'm sorry, while, while Simon Peter and all these disciples are looking for God, God already knows them. God knows everything about them. And God wants to take their lives in a new direction. That the truth is that God knows me better than I know myself. I experienced that in my own journey in a pivotal moment when I was about to propose to my girlfriend. And we had talked about marriage and she had made it clear that she was ready. You know, she was like, I would say yes if you asked me. You know? And so, um, so I went to the chapel and I was praying with the Lord, and the Lord basically revealed in that prayer that as, as happy as you are in this relationship and as happy as you think you'll be in marriage, for you, in your uniqueness, in a particular way, Matthew David Lowry, I am actually calling you to be a priest, to follow me to seminary and to priesthood. And, and I recognize, because I had come to know the Lord, because over the course of the year and a half leading up to that, I had spent time in prayer, like literally every day, that I had come to recognize his voice. I had come to trust that, like, Lord, you want me to be happy. You, and, and the Lord, Lord, you actually know tomorrow and the next day. You know what's going to happen. And so you who 
fight for my happiness. You, you're inviting me to step out away from where I have been towards this path of priesthood. Like, Lord, I trust, I trust you more than I trust my own vision. I trust you and your path of happiness than in my own ability to make happiness happen for myself. And I, I think it came, from, it came from that place of prayer and trust that led to that next step where, and, and anyways, and it has led to just a greater happiness and fulfillment and connection than ever before. Like, I feel so loved and secure in you. Lord, I want to stay close to you wherever you lead me. That's a fundamental place before we can discover our vocation. That if I don't trust the Lord, if I don't know the Lord, if I don't know that the Lord loves me, why would I follow him anywhere? Otherwise, I'll just be trying to figure it out and do it, do it myself. There's kind of, you can think about vocation in three kind of levels. I don't know whether they're this or, well, yeah. So the first is, because of our life and our baptism, all of us are called to holiness. There's a, a universal call to holiness, a call to goodness, a call to justice. And so we're all called into relationship with God, period. That's where we find happiness. From that place, we are then, there's a second level of calling where our vocation, for some people it might be we're called to be single our whole lives and live our call of baptism and, and serve God, serve the church, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that vocational state might be marriage. Many people are called to marriage. And then also the vocational state of priesthood or consecrated life. But interestingly, all those are secondary. If I don't know God and happiness in him, no marriage partner can make me truly happy at the depth that God wants. But, but finding peace and happiness in him then sets me up to live that, that life of holiness out in my vocational state. The third level of calling doesn't necessarily apply as much right now, but it's, it's uh, my area of work, um, where, like what job I have, how do, what work do I do, service, um, how do I serve people, and leisure, how do I continue to grow. Some people think when, when we're depressed, that the answer is not, let me just change my job and I won't be depressed anymore. We actually have to go back a couple levels and happiness is going to come from communion and peace with God. And whatever I do for a job is totally secondary. Jobs change. We, people get laid off. And, 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 and yeah, and, but we can still be happy. Does that, does that make sense or whatnot? So, so if I want to know my vocational state, college students, it's like, well, I'm not really sure what my vocational state is. Like, it's okay. The, the answer is not to just fixate on that, but to go and respond to the Lord's invitation to spend time with him in prayer each day. And I think this is the perfect time at the beginning of this new semester, a new year, 2024, the best year of our lives to come. And to say, how do I, what can we do to respond to that invitation? Maybe it's reading the readings for Mass every day. Maybe it's praying a rosary. But I, I think at the very least it's taking 10, 20 plus minutes every day. 
to know the God who knows me better than I know myself, who's always calling and inviting me to step out to respond, and who promises that if I respond, if I come after him, I will see.